Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. We are tracking back onto our series about the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians is in your Bible in the New Testament. Um, it's after Galatians and uh, it is amazing. It's actually my favourite book in the Bible is Ephesians. And uh, so I'm really excited to speak on it today. Who loved the I Love My Bible series? Um, it was a great chance for us to just go, okay, how do I read it? How do I understand it? What's it all about? How can I trust it? All these big questions that we often um, have about things. And so um, as part of that, we wanted to look at a, a book in the Bible to go, okay, how do we make sense of a book of the Bible? And uh, Greg kicked us off a few weeks ago now, because we've had a few different things in between, um, and looked in that first chapter. And um, it was beautiful because he picked out on this verse, it says, long before he laid down the earth's foundations, he had us in mind. He had settled on us as the focus of his love. I love that. He settled on on you as the focus of his love that's wild isn't it right it's wilder than you're giving me it's not even hot this week okay it, it, it is wild that he has settled on you say on me as the object of his love that should blow our minds right the perfect all-powerful creative uh, amazing God of the universe has chosen you as the focus of the attention of all his love. That is a wild promise. And Greg did a fantastic job of uh, pulling this apart for us. And we're going to pick up in chapters two and three a little bit today. But I wanted to give you a bit of an overview of the book of Ephesians. So the book of Ephesians is actually a letter written by a guy called Paul. You may know the Paul story. He was Saul and he persecuted all the Christians. He was murdering Christians just for following Jesus. And then God met him on a road changed his life in an instant and he turned everything around he said I'm going to give you a new name you'll no longer go by Saul you are Paul and he just basically spent the rest of his life uh, telling the good news of Jesus all over um, the, the world all over the world and he would get arrested and he'd get arrested and he'd get arrested and he'd be under house arrest and he'd be uh, shipwrecked he had all these amazing crazy things that happened to him but he was so fully determined to bring the good news of Jesus across the world that he was like it doesn't matter if I keep getting arrested it doesn't matter if I'm uncomfortable it doesn't matter if I've been shipwrecked it doesn't matter because I believe in the good news of Jesus and so this letter that he's writing he's writing to the church in Ephesus Ephesus is like modern where uh, in modern day Turkey and um 
at the time when he's writing this letter, it's believed that he would have been imprisoned at the time. So he's imprisoned somewhere else and he's sending a letter of encouragement, a letter of focus, a letter of um, like, this is the good news. Let's not get away from the good news. He's sending that to the people to encourage them. And we get to lean into it today. How cool is that? Um, Ephesus was a, a huge city. It was the fourth largest city in all the Roman Empire. It's thought to uh, have had 500,000 people in it. And it was known to have this huge temple of Artemis, the huge temple of Artemis. And the people would flock from all over the world to this temple to worship a dead god, a false god. Um, and it was an interesting time in history around this city. Um, you know, the, the book of Ephesians is kind of, you can split it into three big topics that you see within it. The first is this, say, everybody say sit. You, because it describes the fact that um, Jesus has overcome everything and is seated in heavenly places at the right hand of God, right? And then the next chapter along says this, get this, you too are now seated. He has seated you with him. That's crazy. He's gone, I know that you're there. I know you can't do anything to get out of that and in your own strength. I'm going to pull you up here so that you can have my vantage point on life. You can have my authority over life. He has seated us with him. The se second thing is this, he addresses the way we walk. Walk. Somebody say walk. How are you walking out this grace that you have received? How are you walking out the way that you follow Jesus? And the third thing, uh, theme that comes out is this, how to stand. How to stand in your faith. When you've done everything that you can do to stand, stand therefore and then list the full armour of God, right? And we'll get to that. Uh, that's spoiler alert, um, in a, a couple of weeks. Um, but today we are going to be leaning into chapter 2 and chapter 3. And um, let's just read it now from verse 1 through to 8. As for you, nudge the person next to you and say you, you too, you. You were dead in your transgressions oh, and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. What's it talking about? That's like a strange thing. It's really simple. It's the enemy of God and that is Satan, right? You with me? All of us uh, no, sorry, yes, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Um, like the rest. We were by nature deserving of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God, who was rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved, and, it, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us, come on, that's exciting, with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. How cool is that like li little scripture, few verses that are like life 
transforming verses. This word transgressions, let's just get that out there. That's mistakes. That's the bits that stood between you and God. That is the sin that stood between you and God. And we were once dead in that. We were once buried in that. But God has raised us up and seated us with him through Christ Jesus in grace, in the fullness of grace today. How wonderful is that? How amazing is that? Um. Have you ever found yourself suckered into a plot twist that you didn't realise was going to happen? You didn't see it coming. Anybody had a plot twist you didn't see coming? Uh, uh, For example, um, I think we all thought that Jack was going to make it right in the Titanic. We all thought there's no way, there's no way it can end like this. Especially when we all looked at the fact that Kate was on the... Oh, no, it's Kate Winslet. What was her character's name? Rose. Rose. Like, budge over, Rose. There was enough room on that door for him, too. Anybody else with me? And I, even to the end, I was like, as his hand was sinking, uh, I was like, there is no way this can... There, there needs to be a plot twist, right? Or who... None of us, none of us saw the plot twist of how much Mary Poppins could get out of her handbag, right? None of us saw that come in. When that lampstand came... Out, I was like, this is blowing my mind. There was all sorts of stuff in that bag. I just did not see that plot twist uh, coming. But none of them really comes close to the moment Bruce Willis's character realizes that he is the dead person the little boy can see. And there's this moment, if you don't know the story, but he's a counselor and he a therapist, and he is talking to a little boy. And the little boy says, I see dead people. And you're thinking, oh, okay, that's really weird. And then the plot twist at the end is, the therapist is the one who's dead. And he doesn't realise, he thinks he's just doing therapy with the kid. And he's like, mind blown, it's me. Some of you are like, that's horrifying. And it's absolutely true. You know what? I, I watched this movie, okay, before you judge me, because my media studies teacher made me watch it, right? And the whole time, this is a bonus point, okay, the whole time we were watching it, I had my Sunday school teacher's voice in my head, do not set anything evil before your eyes the whole time I was like I shouldn't be watching this I shouldn't be watching this I shouldn't be watching this what are you going to do when your teacher tells you to watch it right Uh, uh, so there's just can I just say just as a total aside if you are watching rubbish on your phone if you're watching things that are there to frighten you and you are wondering why you can't sleep at night that's the problem I will set nothing evil before my eyes, not because I want to be a prude, not because, I, and I have, this is not me talking from a really like perfect and pure place, but you set things before your mind that keep you up at night, whether you realise it or not, if it's raising your heartbeat and it's, it's getting adrenaline pumping through your body and you wonder why you can't sleep at night, that is why. Do not set anything evil before your mind. That was bonus, just to get me out of the hole that I'm in. I also didn't realise it was a kids in Sunday, so I was like, this is, I've got to be really careful the way that I've... But he says this phrase, I see dead people. I see dead people, right? 
And Ephesians 2 describes this crazy plot twist that is our reality. That once we were dead. Once we were dead. And until we know Jesus as our Lord and our Saviour, until we've realised just how significant the death and resurrection of Jesus was, guess what? We were dead. We were walking around like dead people. We were walking around dead in our sins, dead in our transgressions. The difference between the movie and our reality is when we see dead people, we realise they don't have to stay dead. That's the reality of the cross of Jesus. That's the reality of, of, of this amazing, incredible truth that Jesus died and rose again to life and he brought our life with it. I had the privilege of baptising Olivia Ray last week alongside her dad, Gordon, and it was wonderful. And not only that, a whole bunch of other people. And there was this one guy, and honestly, his life has totally changed. He went from wanting to end his life, and thank God that he interacted with Gordon, my gosh, because in that moment, he'd gone from, what was it, 52 criminal convictions, right? Angry guy, fighting all like violent crimes, all that sort of stuff. Um, miserable, apparently would walk his dog past your house and he looked as angry as the dog did. Um, and God absolutely interrupted his life and he went from being dead to alive. You see this guy today, you cannot get the smile off his face. He's like, I feel like a freak because I'm just smiling all the time because he once was dead in his sins and now he's alive in Christ. You see, things that are dead currently don't have to stay dead. If you're looking at a situation in your life, if you're looking at a person in your life that is walking around like a dead person and they don't even realise it yet, let me tell you today, God is alive. God is moving. God is is bringing life where there is no life. That's who he is. That's what he does. They don't have to stay dead. We've been made alive in Christ. But it's a weird thing, isn't it? Because it's like we're physically, my heart is beating, right? And I'm like, I'm alive. But what is it about us that becomes alive in that moment? And I'm going to draw a picture. <laughs> The pen's coming out. Boom. Do you see the lightning come from that then? Right. I'm just going somewhere in my head here. Because the truth is this. We're made up, and I think we'd all agree with this, we're made up of a body, uh, a soul. Yeah? Anybody met their soulmate? Just saying. Uh, and our mind, Right? Yep, we understand this. We have a body. Uh, touch yourself on the shoulder and say, yep, I, I've got a body. Okay, I've got a soul. Anybody ever want to be in love? Whoa, that was like really... There's a few too many married people in the room here that were like... Anybody, anybody love the idea of being in love? Yeah, okay, that's your soul. Anybody like? Anybody really like to like eat really good food? Anybody really like to have fun? Anybody like to laugh until their face hurts? I laughed. I had some friends around last night. I laughed 
so hard, I legitimately pulled a muscle in my neck. I was like, guys, you've got to go home. I can't cope with this any longer. It's hurting me. But that's the soul part of us, right? It's the seat of our emotions. Yeah? The soul is the seat of our emotions. And then we have a mind because the mind chooses lots of things for us, right? Sometimes it chooses really poorly for us, but the mind makes decisions on what the soul is experiencing and then tells the body to do it. And sometimes the body tells us, actually, do you know what? I'm really tired. And actually the body usually comes out on top, right? Yes, you understand that with me? But what happens is when we are walking around dead in our sins, there is a thing missing from this three. We've got a body that has got a heart beating in our chest. We have a soul that has a, the mind, uh, the will and emotions uh, at the seat of our emotions. We have our mind that is making choices for us. But what comes alive in the moment when you say yes to Jesus and you make him not just the saviour of your life, but the Lord of your life, what happens is we have another thing here called our spirit. Our spirit comes alive. Our spirit is made alive. This is the part of you that communicates with the spirit of God. It is the spirit of God within you. It's the moment where you're not just a person anymore, but you become a temple of the Holy Spirit, right? Your body becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your soul becomes a temple of the Holy Spirit. Your mind becomes the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Your your spirit is made alive amen at the back your spirit is made alive you see whether we like it or not the verses in the beginning of of these um of chapter two make it really clear is that we are deserving of wrath we don't talk about that much in church because it's uncomfortable But the truth is this, the death and resurrection of Jesus is not just a lovely love story, but you were deserving of wrath from the moment you took your first breath, from the moment you entered, because we were born into a nature of sin. We no longer got to choose, right? And the punishment for that was the wrath of God. But through Jesus, you have been once and for all made alive and no longer deserving of that. Because why? Because when God looks at you, when his holiness looks at you, he no longer sees the nature of the dead man. He sees the spirit of Jesus. He sees the covering of Jesus, the righteousness of Jesus that is made alive in you. So when we used to make, let the body be in charge, Oh, I'm tired today. I can't do this. When I, when I used to let the soul take charge and I'm just going to watch that thing because it makes me feel good. I'm just going to watch, like, porn does it for me because I just need to feel something. I want it. When I, when I find myself overeating because I'm just trying to, like, cover up the fact that I need something more in my life, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm making um, decisions in my mind that are based on me, me making it all okay for me, when I'm allowing the decisions to withhold things from God and, and all these different things, when I'm allowing um, anxiety and all those things to take over, or I'm allowing myself to play over things over and over again, when that's all happening without the spirit being in charge, that's when you feel like, oh, 
Because the truth is this, right? Are you ready? There's a whole load of people that have been made alive in Christ, but are playing dead in their life. I'm guilty. Anybody else guilty of playing dead? Of playing dead and, and this person usually gets, because I'm a feeler, this person gets all the attention. This person gets all the authority and the decision-making power in my life, right? Yeah? Then, then, you, have a, then you have a kid and this person, because you're knackered all the time, gets all the attention and all the authority in your life, right? But we are made alive in Christ, which means the spirit man, the spirit person, the spirit, the spirit needs to be in charge of our life. It's the thing that was made alive. You see, once we were dead in our sin, but now we are alive in Christ. Do you ever get the feeling that your life is not matching the miracle of what Jesus has done? Oh, so easy, isn't it? You get stuck in like a bit of apathy. You get stuck in disappointment. You get stuck in these moments where you're like, I've messed up here and so I'm just going to give up. We get stuck in these thought patterns, don't we, where we just, just expect that we're not enough. We're wrestling with the fact that you know, my dad walked out on me. We're wrestling with that. And so therefore, you know, I could never really, and it was my fault and I could never really be acceptable before anybody else because there's always going to be this temporary thing around my life. Or you, you start reminding yourself of all those mistakes you made when you were a kid. You start making all these mistakes that you made before Jesus and you start replaying them over in your life. Or you just get used to the thought patterns that you became accustomed to where we do everything for ourselves. Let's be honest. And generosity starts to die in us. Faith starts to die in us. And all of a sudden... We're playing dead. We're playing dead. But we've been made alive in Christ Jesus. And when we keep reminding these parts of us that actually this one is in charge, that's when we stop playing dead. That's when we stop playing dead. I'm made alive, but I'm playing dead. Playing dead in my thought life. Playing dead in my prayer life. Playing dead when it comes to faith. Playing dead in my marriage. Playing dead in my plan making. Are we accidentally playing dead? It's a good question to ask ourselves. And maybe, uh, Simon, you can come and join me in a second. The truth is this. If I play dead with my kids, has anybody ever done this? Number one, if you've done this, that's a sick joke, man. But my dad used to do this to us, all right? He'd be like, everybody, quick, pretend, pretend you're dead. Mum's coming, mum's coming in the room, pretend you're dead. And we'd all go, because obviously that's what you look like when you're dead, apparently. And we'd go, the truth is this. If I was to do that to my kids, they'd run over and they'd boot me in the side because they knew the truth that I am not dead. <laughs> I'm just playing, right? You may, f you may feel like... You may feel like 
you've not actually been playing dead, but you think that you actually are dead. You think that you've missed the mark so much that really you are dead. And the truth is this. You've just been playing dead. You are made alive in Christ. You are made alive in Christ. And there is nothing you can do to change that. All you need to do is give these ones a boot and remind them who they're obedient to. Here's how we accidentally end up playing dead. Are you ready? If you're taking notes, write these down and you can chew them up later. Number one, we forget who he is. We forget who he is. This is the reason why this this letter and, and the book of Ephesians starts with who he is. Chapter one is all about who he is, what he's done, how he's overcome sin and death and how he is now seated at the right hand of the Father, right? It, we've got to remember who he is. He's an all-powerful, almighty, all-loving, all-holy, all-righteous, all-forgiving, all-healing God. When we remember that, something in us goes, ooh, I am made alive in Christ. I am made alive in Christ. The second thing we need to do is this. Um, The second reason why we end up playing dead is this. We forget what He's done. We forget what He's done. That it wasn't just like, you know, He's kind of kind of done it for you because he's done it for everyone no for you if you were the only person to set foot on the earth he would have gone through all that for you because he wanted to make reconciliation he wanted to bring the two worlds together in the moment when God hung on a tree when Jesus hung on the cross heaven touched earth heaven the gap between and um, the father and eternity and all that God is uh, came close again because he stood in the gap for us. It's a crazy miracle of salvation that we get to wake up with every single day. And the third reason we accidentally play, play dead is this. We forget who we are in light of this. We forget who we are in light of this. When we understand who he is and what he's done, what does that mean for me? He's done all this that we might be called sons and daughters of God. Whoa. I've been adopted into his family. Oh, I just, there's some people in the room today and, and you've been living with this like, this thing of being like your family. And that's not necessarily a good reputation. I want to tell you, just because somebody in previous generations is messed up, you belong to a new family. You belong to a new heritage. You belong to a new day. And actually your future is way better than your past. That anything that you fear you're dragging from your past into your future was dealt with on the cross 
was dealt with once and for all that that is not your future it is not your children's future but actually whom the sun set free is free indeed it was a start over you belong to my family now you know you're an image bearer of the mighty creative God an image bearer you carry his DNA in you you carry the amazing breath of God within you that's who you are imagine imagine it Adopted into sonship, we become a temple of the Holy, Holy Spirit of God. The power, the same power that rose Christ Jesus from the dead is alive and active within you. You are the apple of his eye. You are the head and you are not the tail. There is, he has your name written on the palm of his hands, not in biro. Permanence. Your name is permanently written on the palm of his hand. He carries you around like this. Let's not forget who we are. We've been made new. We've been made alive in Christ Jesus. So it's time for us to stop playing dead. Some of us have been playing dead in our marriages. Some of us have been playing dead in our finances. Some of us have been playing dead in our faith where we're just too afraid to step out into the things you know that God is requiring of you. You know that God is calling you into. Some of us are too afraid to pray the prayers that you once prayed with confidence, but through disappointment, you've just gone on playing dead. I think of Hannah, who couldn't bear a child. And she would cry out before God every single year as they went to take sacrifice. Every Cry out. And to the point where the priest looked on and was like, is she drunk? Take her home. She's like, no, 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 I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. I'm just full of anguish. I want to be like Hannah that doesn't give up on the prayers that I'm praying, but says, God, until you bless me, until you bless me, until you bless me, I'm believing for that blessing. Come on, let's not play dead. Let's speak out like he raises dead things to life. Let's speak out like he makes the lame walk and the blind eyes open and the ear. It's amazing. That's who we get to declare over our life right now. I'm getting, sorry, I'm preaching off point. Ephesians 3.20 says this. This is my favourite verse. Are you ready? Now to him who is able to do more than all you can ask or imagine according to his power that is work within us. Who is he? He is able. What's he done? He's working according to his power right same power raised Christ Jesus from the dead is alive working within you and what is he going to do he's going to work it within us sometimes the way that we pray is not in line with this we ask him to do it without us we're looking for the miracle to take place outside of us which is not wrong okay it's not wrong but I want you to lean into this thought this week. What is it that he wants to work in you so he can work through you? Hmm? When I've seen a miracle in my finances, do you know what came before it? Was him pressing on this little bit of me 
that refused to believe that he was enough. Before, before the finance ever came in, before the debt was ever written off, he was pressing on this point of, I am all you need. I'm all you need until you understand that you are, you've got me and I'm all in and I own a cattle on a thousand hills. Until you understand that, until you understand that. Why? Not because he wanted to withhold blessing from me, because he doesn't, because I get to bless other people now. But because he was far more interested in working in me, so that I don't play dead anymore, so that this thing is in charge, so that he could work without me. Right? Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, abundantly more, crazy more than I can ask, think or imagine according to his power at work within me. God wants to work something within us in this season. Why don't you uh, stand to your feet? If you're playing dead in any area, you're in good company. But if you want small child to run up and beat you and remind you that you've been made alive in Christ why don't you just raise your hand where you are right now yeah Jesus God we thank you that you have made us alive in you that that is undeniable that is that is unexchangeable that God that you have made me alive with you that you have seated me with me with you in heavenly places God that I was once dead in my sin but now I'm made alive in you and Jesus today on this day I choose to remind myself that I have been made alive in you God, would you come and reveal through your spirit the areas of my life that are playing dead, that I would no longer play dead in these areas, God, but that you would um, puff up my spirit man so that, God, that is the, the thing that is leading, that I would be a person that is able to say, I'm walking in the spirit, I'm led by your spirit, God, that I would allow your presence to change me, to mould me, to work in me and work through me, God. I thank Thank you that I can say now to him who is able to do more than I can ask, think or imagine according to your power working within me. God, would you move right now over your church to move in power, this power that is able to do immeasurably more in me right now. God is giving you freedom right now over those things that have been binding you. God is giving you a spring in your step as you know that He has made you alive with Him. He is setting you free from those things that have been generational patterns. That He is setting you free in your mind where your mind has been in control and there are such well carved out negative patterns that you speak over yourself all the time. God is cutting in you free from those right now. Why? Because His power is able. It is able to do immeasurably more in your life. And He's going to work the miracle in you and then He's going to work the miracle through you because that is who He is. Father God, would you come now, now, now by Your power, by Your Spirit to change us, 
to mould us, to work on us, Lord God? Would you bring to light things where we need to say sorry? Would you bring to light changes we need to make in our life, Lord God? Would you bring to light um, revelation of just how loved we are, Lord God? That as we remember who you are, that how that affects who we are, that we are the sons and daughters of the Most High God. We love you, Lord Jesus. There is no one like you. There is no one like you. Jesus. Why don't you just have your own conversation with him while every eye's closed in this moment of response and then James is going to come and wrap this service up but God wants to just speak to you kindly and softly right now picture of um, a person trying to get up a a huge wall um, trying so desperately to get out of this hole and um, I just seen a picture of of God leaning down um, and grasping that hand and pulling you up Um, God is able and he wants to he wants to lean down, hold your hand, and bring you up. Beautiful. The three things we forget who he is, what he's done, and who we are in light of this. This week, let's choose to do something different just to do something different let's choose to do something different to make sure that one of these three things isn't in charge but the spirit is in charge let's choose to be intentional choose to do something different why just to do it just to check in with yourself just to ask yourself is one of those three things in charge or lord are you lord of my life lord Kyrios, supreme and authority in my life. Is he supreme? Is he the authority in your life? Amen. Amen. Well, church, why don't we show some honor to Lisa there for that word. You can all take your seats. Uh, this word, my, my, I guess one of my prayers is uh, for right now is that this word will be something that, that, that sticks with you, that you remember. Because let me tell you, once you know Jesus, this, this is the cycle of discipleship in your life uh, that we keep going on to time and time again. You're, 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 you suddenly just realize, my soul's in charge, and it shouldn't be. And this is discipleship, over and over and over again. And, uh, and daily, um, hourly or minutely, whatever you need, it is, Lord, 
be in control. In Jesus' name, this is discipleship. Uh, so I pray that this message sticks with you. This, this, if this is new to you, then um, I pray it blesses you. Um, we are just going to read this blessing as we go out into this week. Um, <clears throat> it is just a prayer from the Old Testament that I think by now we'll all know. Uh, but may it be true in our lives. The Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. We pray in Jesus' name. We pray have a great week, church. And uh, we will see you Tuesday night for team night. And we will see you here next week on Sunday. Be blessed. Have a great week.